Hi, dear friend. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Pastor Fabiano Nyonghuru here in the uh, South Australian Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I'm delighted to spend the next hour with you, our dear listener. In fact, today it is a little bit warm in South Australia, but we are praising the Lord. And here in the studio... Once again, I am with my dear friend, Helen Gray. But before we actually introduce her, let me just remind you of the theme for this week. The theme for this week has been, Is the Moral Law Relevant in the Third Millennium? That is the theme, and the question for tonight is, Did Christ do away with the law? That is a very, very important question, especially in the times in which we are living today, because um, a lot of people would have no problem of whatsoever with the Ten Commandments. However, when they get to the fourth, some of them will freeze, or they would want nothing to do with it. But obviously, we would like to know, what did Jesus say about the law, and did he do away with the moral law? So obviously we want some clarity on this because we believe that, um, yeah, Jesus is the uh, uh, revealer of truth. And he came to actually show us the way and the life and, and, and so forth. We will be wrestling with that. So let me invite or at least introduce, should I say, our co-host today. And Helen, welcome to the radio program. How have you been? Fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, well, that's really good. Her. That's good. Uh, so, for those who might be listening to the radio program for the first time, Helen Gray is a minister at the, um, you know, within the South Australian Conference. Uh, she's been uh, serving uh, in various roles and uh, a faithful student of the Word of God as well. Uh, we are also privileged to know that... Um, we can have someone who uh, has spent uh, well many years in scripture teaching and sharing uh, who would be able to actually bring some light onto some of the topics that uh, that uh, we are wrestling with. Uh, and so, Helen, welcome. Thank you, Fabiano. I'm sure if I can't bring the light, you will bring it through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. It is the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us, isn't it? Yes. And uh, for those who might be listening for the first time, well, we do have... The previous presentations are actually on our website. If you just check, uh, check out uh, faithfm.com.au and just look for the uh, draft time program titled BQ&A. Just look there and you'll find all the previous presentations, even, th- even the ones for this week, under this same, same theme. Is the moral law relevant in the third millennium? This is a wonderful theme, actually, to study. Uh, you know, speaking about the law, you know, we are going through quite an interesting time in history. There are so many things happening around the world and there's so many laws, you know, that are being introduced. And we, you know, sometimes we are just living a life that is driven by laws. And sometimes we might be dreaming and, you know, uh, not knowing that we are actually just operating according to the uh, laws that uh, that have been set in place uh, for, for years and years. But um, maybe for those who haven't heard, 
um, here in Australia, uh, especially in Victoria, there's a law that has uh, um, been legislated, and it is a law that is for some some people are calling it the conversion law, other people are calling it the suppression law. Let me just share briefly what this is all about, and um, yeah, and then we 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 will have hopefully be able to discuss uh, something along these lines and see what Scripture has to say actually. You know, regarding the law. So here, there's an article that says, uh, in recent years, the informal public conversation has progressed to a more formal stage, particularly with regard to LGBTQ rights, which is in turn, uh, which in turn has resulted in lawsuits, court decisions, and new government registrations. Uh, just a few lines down, it says, along with other Western, Western nations, Australia has adopted a progressive approach to LGBTQ related matters. Uh, and a few lines down, it actually says, various Christian groups in Australia fear that the new law, um, the suppression in bracket conversion practices bill or conversion law that has passed the floor uh, in uh, in Victoria. They fear that uh, this bill might open the way for a broader agenda that could infringe on religious freedom in Australia. So, if I may summarize what this law is all about, um, so you are not allowed essentially to say anything to an individual. Uh, that might be interpreted as if you are challenging or criticizing their point of view regarding their sexual orientation. Uh, also, this could mean that, um, you know, Christians will need to be careful of how, the, of what they say regarding one's, you know, feelings and views, you know, in relation to their sexual orientation. And essentially, Christian denominations actually were the ones who were targeted because there are some groups that uh, were practicing the so-called conversion uh, experience, I believe that's what it was called, uh, and uh, where they were trying to help people turn from the orientation of which they identified with. So obviously, there's there's been a lot of complaints to say that uh, these groups that attempt to help individuals uh, uh, tend to abuse them. And obviously, we don't support abuse uh, of any kind. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually this law in Victoria has uh, been um, legislated. So now you need to be careful what you say. So on that note, Helen, I just wanted to ask, what do we make sense? Or how, how, how should we react as Christians uh, to something like this, because obviously, in one way or another, we need not to monitor what we say. Uh, obviously, we don't support abuse of any kind, but at the same time, we do believe that there are some right, there, there are rights and there are wrongs, and the Bible speaks about, you know, um, us communicating to people and helping people understand things that you know that are right and things that are wrong. How how do we actually respond to this? Well. That's a very good question. <laughs> Let me start by saying that uh-huh. it's not only us watching what we say, mm. it's what people perceive, perceive. That's that right. has been said. That's right. And sometimes we say things and it is taken the wrong way. Mm. Mm. And I, I mean, I can tell you, for example, an incident that happened to me where 
uh, somebody was very sensitive about their language. They were yeah. not Australian, mm-hmm. and they were sensitive. Okay. And I'm a sensitive person, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay. But this person said something, and I was talking to someone else at the time, yeah. and the comment brought out a, a humorous little quip that I had used before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't think that it would have been misinterpreted, but it was. Okay. This person thought I was having a go at their their language. That's right. And that would be the last thing that I would have wanted to do. Mm. That was their perception. That's right. But then in looking back at it, I thought, well, if I put myself in that person's position, Mm. I could understand why they felt like that, and I was terribly, terribly sorry for it. That's right. So what does that mean? (laughs) I know (laughs) of a minister who thinks very carefully about every word he says. Right. Um, You may have known him. He's he's died now. His name was Pastor Ray Stanley, a very dear friend of mine um, and it was through his mission that I became a Seventh-day Adventist but he was always very careful Fabiana to the point where when he was talking I mean I talk fast but when he was talking it was nearly painful (laughs) because he deliberately thought about every single word that came out of his mouth now I thought that Uh, just happened in the church environment but uh I stood behind him in a bank one day and he did exactly the same and the girl was looking at him as though to say you know, go on, on, go on. Hurry up, hurry <laughs> up. And I looked at her and I said, he talks like that all the time. Right, Because right. he was very conscious mm-hmm. of what he was saying could be mis- misinterpreted, m- misinterpreted yeah, yeah. and he didn't want to hurt anybody. Yes. Now, we could be as careful as mm-hmm. that man was, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, we can still find ourselves on the wrong side of the law. That's right, that's because right. Because of the perception of someone else and how they feel. That's right. Um, I think as Christians, mm-hmm. we need to daily come to the Lord before we start yes. our day. Pray, pray, yes. mm-hmm. um, ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, Holy Spirit to guard our tongues, mm. um, our thoughts and our actions, and may we not offend or be offensive to anybody. That's right. Um, That's right. And it still could happen. That's I'm right. sorry, it still yeah. could happen. Yeah. But just getting away from that one group yes. that they've singled, singled out, that we, right. we must be careful. I'm sorry, Fabiana, but we should be careful for everybody. That's right. That's Not, right. We're all on this land together. Exactly. No that's man right. is an island. No woman is an island. Mm. And and the social interaction between people yes. is very important. That's right. And I it agree. doesn't matter what you believe. It may be opposite of what I believe. That's right. At the same token, we have to respect each other. Hmm. It doesn't mean we condone yes. what someone's doing if we believe it's against the Bible and That's against right. God, right. but we respect that person has a choice. Oh, I agree. I agree. You yeah. know, Helen, I, I do believe that uh, in everything that we say, I think a Christian should always have this this approach in that what they say would actually, one, help people see the true character of Jesus, and two, hopefully it can be something also that will be truthful in that in that the like the person should actually have the freedom to ex- freely express how they feel now obviously that people may disagree and i don't have anything ro- I, I don't have anything against disagreements but my concern though as i was thinking about this law uh there, there was a clause that says that whether if you're in a conversation with with someone whether they are in consent whether they consent or not if later on they say well you know, um, no, this is how I felt. You know, I felt like I was being abused. Then obviously you could, you could, you could fall under the law and you could be pretty much, uh, you know, uh, disciplined for, for that. So in a sense, when I, I tried to actually look at the document, though I didn't look at it thoroughly, but I realized that there was room 
for anyone to just say, well, you know, even though I had consented to maybe listening to, you know, whatever Bible study that was being given on this topic, well, I feel like now, I've, you know, now I feel like I was the one being targeted. So mm, mm. I, I, I totally respect people's opinions. If people feel a certain way, I don't have, I don't believe I should enforce my views on them. Mm. But I do believe though, we should also be given that, uh, that, that opportunity to freely share what we believe. But obviously, you know, I, I believe we should not be forcing people. Mm. We should not be abusive. We should just present what we believe as, you know, as scripture mm. says and leave it for any, you know, for anyone to really, I guess, accept or, or you know, take it or no, or no take it. I don't know, but this, this was interesting. And I just thought, Hey, these are sounds of the times, you know, things are being tightened up, you know, slowly, yeah, slowly. Can I just yeah, interject yeah. here for a moment in, in what you're saying? Yeah. I'm seeing. From where I'm sitting, uh-huh. it would appear that it is targeted one way. Okay. And I'm not meaning against the LGBT people. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. targeted the other way. Right. So, you know, um, if we say anything against, then we're the ones That's right. that are in trouble. That's right. But it doesn't say that they can't say something against our belief. Oh, that's that that is a good point. And I think that, that, that we should point. have a fairness here. That's right. That's and, right. And I believe there's a place for um, right. freedom of speech. I agree. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's yeah, that's what's been happening uh, in in recent. Uh, yeah, in recent uh, times, and uh, we just pray and hope that God will lead and guide. You know. Speaking about the law, because it's a new law. Speaking about the law, obviously, scripture has a lot to say about law. And, uh, you know, most Christians would agree that we need to abide by nine of the ten commandments. Uh, but there is one in particular which people are, you know, not so in agreement with. Uh, and I wonder, uh, what Jesus had to say about the law. Maybe let's just begin with that, um, you know, with, with that uh, uh, term, just the law, and then maybe we'll look at what Jesus had to say. Let us pray, Father in heaven. This is a wonderful discussion we're having, and we're thankful and grateful that um, we could actually discuss about the law. Know that um, the law saves us, but it is Jesus who saves us. However, the law becomes a... Uh, uh, an outward expression when we obey it, an outward expression of our love uh, for Jesus. And we are thankful and, and grateful. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit, therefore, would um, uh, help us understand and uh, lead us to the author of the law himself. Uh, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank mm. you for that. What did Jesus have to say really about the law? Just the law. Okay. Um, I believe that Jesus, his words in Matthew five seventeen to 18, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will mm. by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Right. Sounds like Jesus uh, believed in the law and upheld the law. Well, he said straight out, I did not come to abolish the law right. or the prophets, okay. but I came to fulfill them. 
Hey, this is going to be and an interesting that discussion. That's that's yeah. a summary of the whole study <laughs> right. right there. You asked for a summary, you got well, it. I did ask for a summary. We need to enlarge on that, of course. Definitely. Well, yes. dear friend, we, we are in for a wonderful study. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a short break because we really want to start this now from a biblical standpoint. We really want to put the foundation there. But uh, let's just take a break so you can maybe, you know, uh, take a cup of water or get a Bible and a pen if you happen to be at home, if you're Driving. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful study. Once again, my friend, I just want to let you know of an African youth conference which is being organized here in South Australia uh, with an African style to it, you know. It's going to be starting on March the 19th at 5.30 and with an opening of the Sabbath. Uh, and then on March the 20th, we are there for the whole day. There will be various programs which you can uh, participate in. If you'd like to get more information and register, please do send us your details to SAU youth at adventist.org.au that is sa youth at adventist.org.au or just call the south australian conference uh, here in south australia we also do have a free giveaway for this week it's an online children's study guide this would interest parents and grandparents or, or even friends if you've got um you know, young people as your friends say, these are study guides which are beautifully designed, which are simple, but yet have messages that are powerful, which will lead young people uh, in a positive direction. And uh, if you would like to get enrolled for these online study guides, uh, you can actually just send in your uh, name, address, and phone number with the code this is the code children's study send in that code to the following number zero four double eight double eight zero eight eleven the number was zero four double eight double eight zero eight eleven just send in the code children's study and of course we would like to get your name your address your phone number as well so that way we may be able to get all the necessary information so we can register you into this program it's a wonderful program not to miss once again stay with us we'll be right back trying to listen to faith fm but getting tuned out no problem You can listen live at faithfm.com.au as well as catch up on all your favourite programs. The law is just and the law is right And it's written by God in stone The law is love and the law is life and it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone for His law is my delight it's written
welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. And uh, this is the big Q&A with Pastor Fabiano Nyonghuru and our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen is a regular co-host on this radio program and a dedicated student of the Bible. I just want to let you know, my friend, that the theme for this week has been, is the moral law uh, relevant in the third millennium? And the topic for today is, did Christ do away uh, with the law. We had just talked about the law and you shared, you know, the summary of what Jesus said regarding the law in Matthew 5, 17. Now, tell us more because the question for today is, uh, well, did Jesus do away with the law? Share with us, give us some insights into this regarding what okay. scripture actually says about, uh, about this topic. Mm. Thanks, Fabiano. I'd like to go back to that text again. I've read right. it. Could you read it, please? Yes, that was that Matthew 5, 5. 17 and 18. That's right. Matthew 5. I'll just, uh, just have my Bible right here. All right. Matthew 5, verse 17 and 18. And there is, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verse 18. For assuredly I said to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one little title or title, depending on how one pronounces it, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Thank you. This It's an important statement here. That's right. And the Lord gives us insight into his mission and the character yes. of God's word. But he said that he, his declaration was that he came to fulfill the law yes. and the prophets, not that's to right. abolish them. That's right. And obviously that's two statements in one. So it's telling us something that Jesus did and something he did not do. That's right. With That's me? Right. Yes. At the same time, he actually emphasized the eternal nature of the word of God when he mm-hmm. said it will not mm-hmm. pass away. That's right. So he's going out of his way to promote the authority of the law of God. Exactly. He didn't come to abolish the law regardless right. of what the Pharisees accused him of. That's right. In fact, Jesus continued in verse 19. I'll get you to read in a moment. Mm-hmm. He continued his statement with a commendation for those who teach the law accurately and hold it in reverence. Could you read that for us, please? That's right. Same verses? Verse 19. Verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting. Even if we go a little further, which we might have time to do, we will we'll have a look at that. Yeah. But he's commending them. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Now, if the law was done away with, mm. or was going to be done away with, why would he actually commend? them that's, for yeah, teaching that's the law. Right. And I noticed that the mm-hmm. qualities that Jesus also attributes to the word of God, he mm. referenced as the law and the prophets, as we said, yes. the word is everlasting. That's it right. will outlast the natural world. Mm. The word was written with intent. It was mm-hmm. meant to be fulfilled. The word possesses plenary authority. Even the small letter of it is established mm. and the word is faithful and trustworthy. That's Everything right. it says will be accomplished. So okay. no one hearing um, Jesus's words, and by the way, the these words were at this, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, they could they could not doubt his commitment 
to scriptures. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, he even goes on to warn us. Mm. He says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteous of the teachers of religious law yes. and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What sort of law was the Pharisees the Pharisees had, had, had more than 600 laws. Yes, ah, you've done your homework. <laughs> Good on that's you. That's right. Yes. And obviously they were trying rig- rigorously to follow every tiny bit of, you know, of the law. In fact, they had laws such as, you know, you should, on the Sabbath day, you should not walk a um, further, oh, how do I put this in English? You should, you know, if you throw a stone, well, that's your distance for that day. You know, that's how and far you can walk. you're not allowed to, to pick up a handkerchief. That's right. You have to get an infidel or a Gentile to that's, do, that's to right. do that. <laughs> so so yes. they're trying to keep the law. They're trying yes. to, you know, be very strict. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the questions you ask, uh-huh. you know, does the Old Testament law still apply? Exactly. Well, because some people may say, hey, that's the Old Testament. I'm a mm. New Testament yes. Christian. Yes. So, yes. Okay, and that's that? what we yeah. need to address because Jesus, he was very clear, he that's did right. not come to abolish the law. Yeah. But does that actually mean that the Old Testament laws still apply to us today? I, because I so. yeah. in the Old Testament, uh-huh. the law can be understood to have three dimensions. Right, share, share that with there us. There is that's a ceremonial mm-hmm. law, there mm-hmm. is a civil law, and there is a moral law. And I'd just like to briefly summarize that. Okay. The ceremonial law related specifically to Israel's worship, and we're told that in Leviticus. Okay. Uh, an Old Testament book. Mm. That's chapter one. Okay. Its primary purpose was to point forward to Jesus Christ. All right. These laws, therefore, were no longer necessary after Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. While we're no longer bound by ceremonial law, the principles behind them, though, to worship and love a holy God, they still apply. That's right. That's you know, right. Jesus was often accused by the Pharisees of violating the ceremonial law. Mm. So we need to remember that. Okay. Okay. So yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And okay. That yeah, stopped at Jesus' yeah. death. Okay. How do we know that? We know it because in Leviticus and Exodus, there is a wonderful study on the um, sanctuary. Okay. It's a whole gospel story. It's right. worth studying. Mm-hmm. Fabiana, I'd mm-hmm. like to share that with our listener. That's right. And, and from there, we know that the ceremonial um, laws that were to do with the sanctuary were a shadow of, things of to Jesus. Come. They were yeah. a type, mm-hmm. if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, the lamb was sacrificed, and Jesus was known as the lamb of God. You mm-hmm. know, and we mm-hmm. can go through the whole thing, but That's I think right. you're with me on that one. Oh, well, yeah, I get you. <laughs> okay. Number two, there was a civil law. Yes. And that applied for daily living, and that's from Deuteronomy. 24, for example. That's right. Because modern society and culture are so radically different from that time and setting, all those guidelines mm. we cannot possibly follow specifically. That's right. That's but right. again, let me say, the principles behind the commands are timeless That's and right. should guide our contact. Jesus actually demonstrated these principles by example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the third one, yes. what we call the moral law, and that's yes. what you've referred to before, that's right. the moral law we look at as being the Ten Commandments. Mm. By the mm. way, that's mm. not ten suggestions. <laughs> no, that these are ten, ten commandments. commandments. That's it's right. a direct command from God, and yes. it required strict obedience. Okay. And I think ex- read out for me Exodus twenty thirteen. I hope I've got the right text here. All right, Exodus, Exodus 20, twenty verse thirteen. Yeah. All right, twenty verse thirteen says, "You shall not murder." Uh, just thirteen. 
Mm. All right, you shall not murder. A yeah. short. <laughs> it is short. Yeah. But there's an example. Yes. Is that still a law, a law enforced today? Oh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. But here we are back then, God yes. actually said it. Mm. It applies today because the moral law reveals the nature and the will of God. That's right. And it does still apply today. That's Jesus right. obeyed the moral law completely. Yes. Now, what I found interesting, I'm going to deviate a little because you made a comment before okay. about 10 laws. Yes. And how there are people who keep nine laws. That's right. Now, what I've heard is more so people saying you do not have to keep the law. They were nailed to, to the, the cross. cross. Uh, in fact, I've got a Tell verse me. for that one. Good. <laughs> I think it might be what I've yes. got. And because we talked earlier, yes. it was not the law. Well, it was a ceremonial yes, law, that, right. but it was That's not right. the moral law. What was nailed, did Jesus say? What was nailed to the cross? M- maybe I read Who the text it? first. Yes. Colossians chapter 4, verse 16. Now, when the. Uh, is that right? Colossians 4. 16. Uh, hold on. I think I've got the wrong text now. I believe you. I heard it, I heard it before. Um, let me see. If Colossians 2.14. It's the that's one I was one. thinking of. I don't All know right. if that's the one you were. But it is yeah. Colossians 2.16. 2.14. Right. 2.14. Oh, there you go. All right. Colossians 2.14. Most people would actually bring this quote, and this is from Scripture, so it is worth then looking at. Uh, verse 14 says, having wiped out, in fact, maybe let's read it contextually. Let's read from verse uh, verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven, forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having it nailed it to the cross. There you go. In fact, you know, people would say that is clear. He nailed it on the cross. But I how, want to how, how I want we? to add to that okay. because I've got the New Living Translation here. Yes. And I'd like to share what I've got here. It mm. says, God made you alive with Christ for mm. he forgave all your sins. Mm-hmm. Verse 14 said, he canceled the okay. record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Can I add just another text? Yes. That is close to that. Yes. It is Ephesians 2.15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two that's making peace. So they will say, you know, especially this one too, Philippians, uh, Ephesians 2.15, it says that, uh, you know, he even has the word there, the law of commandments, uh, that, uh, you know, it was nailed to the cross. And, you know, they will say that, um, yeah, this... It no longer applies to us. In, in, in other words, they're saying we no longer need the Ten Commandments. So h- how do we explain this? <laughs> what do you, I mean, Jesus nailed it to the cross, they would say. <laughs> We've just established what he nailed to the cross That's to right. start with. Yes. And yes, I believe the ceremonial law and, and uh, was done away with yeah. at the cross. Yeah. I certainly believe that. That's right. I do not believe that the moral law was done away with. And mm. why? Mm-hmm. Because... It came in in the early parts of the Bible, and it goes right through the Bible. Mm. Even the, the disciples still kept That's right. those Ten Commandments. That's right. And in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, mm. it says in Revelation 
14.12, it says, mm-hmm. Here is the patience of the saints. Mm. Here are they that, that keep, keep the, the commandments of God. Of God. Mm. Now, if that's there in the last book of the Bible, mm. how come people think it's been done away with? Let me just share. I remember somebody coming up to me one day, yeah. and um, there was an old guy and a younger guy, and the old guy said, when, when he discovered that I was actually a Seventh-day Adventist, and he said, Ah, oh, he said, you people. First of all, we had a discussion about the name of God. Mm-hmm. And then we went on. He said, oh, yeah, but you you keep the commandments. Okay. And I said, and why not? He said, yes. they were done away with the cross. I said, what, the whole ten? That's right. And he was saying, yes, all done away with. And I said, okay, I don't mean to be smart or funny, that's but right. is that your car out there? Uh-huh. And the young guy said, oh, that's my car. I yep. said, oh, great. Give me the key so I don't have to hotwire it. I'm just going to take it. I need a nice car like that. And he promptly said, you can't do that. That's stealing. I said, who says? Who said so? You've just told me it was done away with at the cross. It was that's right. To the cross. That's so right. we actually methodically went through mm. all of the commandments, mm-hmm. except I missed out the fourth, mm-hmm. and we went through it all, and it was yes to every one of them. Why? I said, okay, we have got ten commandments. There mm-hmm. is a fourth mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you do with that one? Yeah. And then, of course, he came back with saying that it was changed. I said, show me in Scripture mm. where the Sabbath was changed from the seventh day to the first day. That's right. And that's I said, right. I have searched and searched, and I haven't found it yet. And and that's what people tend to do. And it's the only commandment, and I don't want to hone in on this because all yeah. the commandments are very important. That's right. But it's the only commandment that God says, remember, because we tend to forget it. <laughs> that's right. You Isn't know? that interesting? So, yes. Yeah, so no, Jesus did not do away. Definitely not. He did not but in fact in fact uh-huh. he kept them himself i agree yeah as it was his custom he actually went you know That's uh, exactly uh, to right. worship on seven yeah but can i also add you know there's one thing i think people haven't realized that we can't just pick and choose words uh and uh, bring our own interpretation to scripture i think we really need to be faithful to scripture because when i look at verse 14 in colossians 2 verse 14 he says he wept he wept out the handwriting were the Ten Commandments a handwriting uh, uh, of requirements that was uh, that was also part of a custom, that was part of the ordinances, or were the Ten Commandments written on the stone? And didn't Ezekiel thirty three says that God, you know, speaking in advance, saying, "Hey, I'll write my law on your heart." And and obviously, I think what people miss there is that uh, the law was not against us as such. And what it says there in Ephesians 2.15, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, these were ceremonial, like you were saying. Mm. So if we were to actually look at the words carefully, here the apostle is not referring to the Ten Commandments, the moral law, he's actually referring to the ceremonial law, which, which you pointed out. So I think sometimes people... Do not look at the context, mm. and they do not mm. look at the words themselves as well. Mm. It's more like you know, so long as I hear the word that I wanted to hear that supports whatever view that I had, I just you know, I just disregard everything yes. else. Yeah. But I think Paul was very clear here. He wasn't referring to the moral law, but rather he was referring to the ceremonial law. Jesus actually says, "If you love me, keep, keep my, my commandments." commandments. Yeah. And um, 
I don't stop loving him. That's right. I love him, and that's, that's why right. I keep them. But let that's me just right. say, I believe that Jesus was not speaking against the law. Mm. I be- believe that uh, the law itself, but I believe he was speaking against the abuses, the abuses. and the excesses yeah, to which I'd right. been subject to. I mean, we went from Ten Commandments that God gave yeah. to 600 odds that the Pharisees decided. Right. You know what that's, I'm saying? That's right. And mm. and I think we also need to, to look at why was the law given in the first place? Mm, good question. And maybe just a thought that just came to my mind as well, um, because the Bible says, I believe it's First John four, it could be verse three, that law is the transgression, uh, sin is transgression of the law. Which means? Which means sin is breaking God's law. Um, now in Genesis, I know I'm just sidetracking a little bit. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, that was before the Ten Commandments were given on the tablets of stone. Which law did they sin against if the law was not eternal? Just just something to think about. Well, the law was eternal. Exactly. Well, yes, I'm, and I'm that's how you could say that, that they sinned. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't right. on the stone. That's right. But it certainly would have been applied. That's right. Yeah, well, coming back absolutely. to the what you were saying, sorry, I just lost, I just lost track of what I was going to say anyway mm. because I sidetracked a little bit. I guess that wasn't a good thing. But um, <laughs> but uh, you, 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 you had just asked me something, Helen. Um I'm trying to remember what it was, but uh, or maybe we all forgot. But interestingly, anyways, Jesus definitely spoke against the abuses of the yes, law. Yes, because he did. Uh, I remember, you know, when um, when he would heal on the Sabbath, the Pharisees would, you know, uh, pull him over and say, you know, why are you breaking the law? And 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 he would just say, wait a minute, I'm the law. You know, the law was made for men in Mark yes. chapter two, I believe, verse twenty-seven. The law was made for men, not men for the Sabbath. And the, the Sabbath was supposed to be a day of blessing. Sabbath was made for man, not man. Not man for, for the, the Sabbath, Sabbath that's yes. it. And so yeah. the day was meant to be a day of blessing. And so he was really giving the correct understanding of, of, of the law. And so Jesus spoke against the abuses. So the tell law. me, yeah. why give us the law in the first place? Why did he do that? That's right. Okay, good question. This is what I'm thinking as to why he gave us the law in the first place. Uh, ever since the fall, um, according to Romans chapter eight, I believe, I believe it's verse six onwards. We just want to do what's, we just want to go our own way, do whatever we please. We pretty much want to sin by nature. And I believe the law, therefore, was there to help us and, I mean, conceptualize, see and understand that there are boundaries. Uh, and that, uh, if we really want to become more like, uh, like Christ, if we want to be in harmony, with God, then we need to, uh, live in a certain way. Uh, and, and I believe, you know, we really needed the law because here's the thing. The Israelites had spent 430 years in Egypt, um, you know, learning from the people of the world or, you know, pagan practices and so forth. We really needed to be taught. And, and Paul speaks about this in Galatians. I believe it might be Galatians three that, hey, the law was like our tutor. Uh, so we really needed to, be shown the right way uh, uh, to do mm-hmm. things. So I, I guess that's what comes to my mind. Okay. Mm. I was interested in what you, you were saying. The law cannot save us. Mm. Mm. And I think we need to remember that. Mm. Because we love him, we keep his commandments. We mm-hmm. don't keep the commandments because mm. we're going to work our way to heaven. That's right. That's right. The, as you say, the law is like a schoolmaster. Mm. Or some people have said it's like a mirror. That's right. And and I believe that God's laws were given to help people mm. to love God with all their hearts with and their minds. Heart. Yeah. Because 
throughout history and even the time of Israel's history and today, mm. the law has been misapplied. misapplied. It's been misquoted. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I remember that in um, Jesus in his time, mm. he was asked the question, Okay. What is the most important commandment? That's right. Do you remember that? Yes. I believe that might be coming from Matthew 22, is it? Mm. Where he says, love God with all your heart, um, with all your mind. And I, I could I could bring up the text, um, but uh, I believe that was uh, the answer, the yes. two great commandments. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and interestingly, actually, while, while I'm still bringing this up, did you know that, that same uh, statement was actually from Deuteronomy somewhere in Deuteronomy yes, 6. Mm. You know, which Deuteronomy 6 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your son, with all your strength. Yes. And Jesus, when he's asked in Matthew 22, verse 37, what is the greatest commandment? Yes. He responds by saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Yes. So it is the same law that has been there, you know. For eternity. Old, Test- Old Testament, That's New right. Testament. Loving God. Yes. Loving um, your neighbor, uh, according to the version that uh, Mark gives us. Uh, so loving God, and, and some people have said, you know, this is like the two hinges on the door, you know. Uh, loving God, stretching your hand up. Loving your neighbor, stretching your hand across. And they all go together because if you love God, you ultimately love oh, oh, another absolutely. person. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah, like to think of it yeah. the first letter of love. Okay. The L comes down from God. Right, And right. then the horizontal one goes out to others. Mm, you know, mm, and, mm. and it is true. That's true. If you love God, yes. you will automatically yes. want to do the best by your fellow men. That's right. I did have somebody once challenge me yes. that Jesus misquoted Scripture. Right. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to this particular person, I said, what do you mean? Yeah. And he said... Well, for example, uh-huh. um, the Ten Commandments back in Exodus, yeah. um, they say, thou shalt not kill, okay. or thou shalt not commit adultery, right. and went on with a few and said, but if you could see what Jesus said mm. in the New Testament, mm-hmm. he said, but I tell you, if you look after, look at a woman right. and lust after, right. you right. have committed adultery right. already. Right. If you hate your brother, yeah. you have committed yeah. 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 that sin. Right. And I said to this person, I said, Jesus said exactly the same. All mm-hmm. he did was he enlarged, he enlarged. on it. That's right. He explained That's right. it. Exactly. So mm-hmm. there is a concept where someone mm-hmm. is trying to deceive. Mm. Do you know how easy it is for okay. some of the crowds back in Jesus' time and some people today, Fabiana, yeah. Yeah. to tell others what to do? Oh yeah, well, you know. Yet they can miss. Nature. They can miss the central point <laughs> yes. of God's law. That's right. Jesus made it very, very clear mm. that obeying God's law was mm. more important than even explaining them. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because it's much easier to study God's laws and yes. tell others to obey them than to put them into practice. practice. So yeah. I guess I could ask you and the listener, how you. are you doing at obeying God yourself? Mm. That's a good question. Nothing That's like putting you on the spot, is there? That's right. That's right. But hey, I, you know. Jesus says, um, and this is one of the verses that I've used a number of times, Helen, which I found to be uh, very, very important on this topic. I mean, it's related to this topic because people usually say, hey, but but we saved by faith. That's another element they usually like to emphasize, to emphasize rather, should I say. Uh, but um, I believe this is Ephesians. Now, this is one that I did not plan, but um, uh, it's... It, it's Ephesians chapter two, which says we are saved by faith, uh, not of not because of your works, but it is the gift of 
God, I believe that's what it says. Uh, if I could bring up that text, uh, I'll quickly share this. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Because some people like to say, hey, but, but it sounds like you are, tr- you, you are saying that, that, uh, that, uh, that by keeping the law is how you're saved. No. That's not what no, we're saying. No. We are, we are fully in support. Well, we agree with Paul that we are saved through faith. However, I usually just share verse 10 as well to balance things out. Which verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, the way I've understood this, we are saved through and through by faith. Pretty much what Jesus done for us, that saves us. We just stretch out our hand of faith and accept what he has done and that's what saves us. However, just like any person in a marriage relationship, once you are married or once you are united with someone in some kind of a union, there are certain things you start doing that are different. And I believe mm-hmm. that a person therefore who has come to know Christ, uh, according to verse 10, they are his workmanship. Now they have recreated to to actually... Do that which is, you know, right and good, I believe. Mm. And hence, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. That's that's mm. my understanding, Helen. Um, yeah. Once again, my friend, I just want to let you know of an African youth conference, which has been organized here in South Australia uh, with an African style to it. You know, it's going to be starting on March the 19th at 530 and with an opening of the Sabbath. Uh, and then on March the 20th, we are there for the whole day. There will be various programs which you can uh, participate in. If you'd like to get more information and register, please do send us your details to youth at adventist.org.au that is sa youth at adventist.org.au or just call the south australian conference uh, here in south australia we also do have a free giveaway for this week it's an online children's study guide this would interest parents and grandparents or, or even friends if you've got um you know, young people as your friends say, these are study guides which are beautifully designed, which are simple, but yet have messages that are powerful, which will lead young people uh, in a positive direction. And uh, if you would like to get enrolled for these online study guides, uh, you can actually just send in your uh, name, address, and phone number with the code. This is the code, children's study. Send in that code to the following number, 0488880811. The number was 0488880811. Just send in the code, children's study. And of course, we would like to get your name, your address, your phone number as well. So that way we may be able to get all the necessary information so we can register you into this program. It's a wonderful program not to miss. Once again, thank you. Uh, let's come to a quick short break and uh, we'll be right back. You are listening to uh, Helen and Fabiano here in the studio. Just uh, sharing with you, dear friend, if you've got any question, you could actually send us your question. You could actually interact with us on uh, by sending a message or a comment or anything on 4 uh, let me say that again on zero four double eight double eight zero eight eleven. The number was zero four double eight double eight zero eight eleven. 
My friend, do stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch on 1-800-FAITH-FM. God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself let us be known let us be known by the way God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul Again, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Fabiano and our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen is a regular co-host on this radio program and a dedicated student of the Bible. We are so thankful that we could be discussing the topic, Did Christ Do Away With The Law? Under the theme, Is The Moral Law Still Relevant in the Third Millennium? My friend, I would like to hand over to Helen for she has a wonderful uh, uh yeah, wonderful summary that you'd like to give us. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Fabiano. I feel like I'm going to have to talk at 20 miles. No, 100 miles now. <laughs> 100 kilometers. See how old I really am. Okay, let me just mention a couple of things. Mm. That is in light of what we've been talking. Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophets in that in his first coming alone, he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. Mm. And we can prove that from scripture. He fulfilled the law in at least two ways, as a teacher and a doer, because he taught people to obey the law 
and if you want to check up on that, that's Matthew twenty two thirty five to forty and Mark one forty four. Sadly, we don't have time to turn them up. Mm. He obeyed the law himself, John eight forty six and one Peter two twenty two. They could not even accuse him of of um, breaking the law. Mm. He asked them, you know, mm. what have I sinned in? Mm. And in one Peter it says he never sinned. Mm. So in living a perfect life, Jesus fulfilled the moral laws. Mm. In his sacrificial death, though, Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial laws. Right. Okay, so he came not to destroy the old religious system, mm-hmm. but to build on it. He came to finish the old covenant and establish the new. That's and right. what was the difference between one of the differences between the old and the new is that he said, I will write it in their hearts. And, and he'll write the law, isn't yes, it? Yes, the their law right. in their hearts. Mm. And of course, what Jesus mm. did for us. But let me just quickly wrap up because um, I think time has got away from us. All right. I, I just want to say again, Jesus said, don't misunderstand why I came. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. Mm. I came to accomplish their purpose. So Jesus was saying that his listeners needed a different kind of righteousness altogether right. out of love for God, not mm. just a, a more intense version of the Pharisees' obedience or the mere legal compliance. Right. But let me finish by saying our righteousness, we gain that not from the law, We've stated that, mm. but because of what Jesus did for us. That's right. We keep the law because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. So righteousness must come from what God does in us, not what we can do by ourselves. Amen. It must be God-centered and not self-centered. Mm-hmm. Be based on reverence for God, not approval from people. That's and right. go beyond keeping the law by living by the principles behind the law. Amen. We should actually be just as concerned mm-hmm. about our attitudes that people don't see us see as about our actions that they do see. And I think that comes right back to your opening statement. <laughs> it comes back to our attitudes yeah. and to what people don't see us, but about our actions that they do see. Do we mm. walk the walk and do we talk the talk? Mm. Praise God he died for us. Amen. Well, thank you for that summary, Helen. I'd like to close with a prayer. And here's a Bible promise. Uh, to all those who are listening, I believe it's Psalms 119, um, verse, um, Psalms 119, verse 11. It says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, teach us, instruct us, and work in and through us for your glory, we pray. Help each one of us. For thou, you are the great teacher. You are the great healer. The law is the foundation of your throne. You are a merciful, just God. And you desire to reproduce that character in us. And it is your work alone. Therefore, we pray that your Holy Spirit will take full possession of us and help us to become the kind of people that you desire us to be. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Change my heart, oh God Make it ever true Change my heart, oh God May I be like you You are the power 
make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you.